if you're keen on backing a winner tomorrow, you've come to the right place. It's now time for the punters panel on Racing HQ with Dave Stanley. Dave Stanley. Let's go, fellas. Maybe this is the bend that um, Brett Devine was talking about. I tell you what, it'd be great to see the Bag Raiders play one time at uh, Royal Ramwick. Uh, and welcome to the punters panel. Richard Callan and Nick Burney, Mitch Cohen and Luke Marlow, your panel today. Looking at this Saturday meeting in Sydney, it's a cracking meeting as well. We get to see, obviously, uh, some nice two-year-olds go around. And that Eskimo print stakes uh, will be a highlight to two. So don't forget, if you can on getting the races tomorrow, you can jump on the ATC website. Get out to Ramwick. The first is at 20 past 12. And as I say, good morning again to Luke Marlow. Luke, how have you found looking at this Ramwick meeting, the 10 races? Oh, you can tell the good races are just around the corner, Dave. Good morning to you. Good morning to the boys and to our listeners. Some high-quality thoroughbreds going to Ramwick on Saturday. Aft Cabin, one of the headline horses. He uh, had a bleed at track work, missed the Caulfield Guineas in the spring, but he's back. He's back big time. Can't wait to see what he does. And uh, the support card's very good. Eight-metre rail from the mile to the winning post. Five metres the remainder. How will that, that impact the day's racing? Well, time will tell, but... Um, at this stage, I always like to go in thinking the track will be fair, but I think it'll be no disadvantage to be uh, on the rail anyway. Richard Callender uh, from RaceNet uh, News Limited Sky Racing joins us. Uh, Richard, good morning to you, mate. Uh, are you in the same boat when it comes to this meeting as Luke? Oh, well, I, good morning, Dave. Good morning, Luke. Good morning, the boys are about to join us. Um, you can't help but get excited. But look, I get excited. You're just talking about the Canberra Cup. I get excited going out to all the country championship races and we've started them. We can't wait to get to Mudgee and out to Canamble and up north and down south. It's going to be great, but obviously we get to see the big guns, the big horses arrive and uh, it's going to be uh, exciting. But can I just start by just saying I just want to wish Dougie Gorrell and, yes. and all his team all the very best down there at Albury. And um, I know Doug uh, got a fractured tibia and uh, he's having operation last night or early this morning. So to Doug and all his team and uh, to Molly, his other apprentices has spent basically 10 hours at the vet clinic with their horses. Um, our heart and our thoughts are certainly with them all down there today. Yeah, well said. And uh, that was just unbelievable what we saw yesterday, picture-wise. Uh, and uh, that main lodge truck, obviously, um, in all sorts. So, look, yeah, it, it just shows how splits of second things can happen. Uh, and, uh, yeah, everyone here at the radio station, I know uh, Doug's been great when he's come on the program and had a yarn. And also, too, uh, great to hear that Molly Burke is all right as well, Luke. Yeah, that's right, Dave. And for anyone who didn't catch up on the news, they were involved in a car accident yesterday. The The truck that was transporting Doug, Molly, the horses rolled. Um, Doug described it uh, that a, a vehicle in front of them, a Land Rover, um, T-boned another vehicle, forced that car onto them. And yeah, uh, they're very, very lucky. But uh, we wish him a, a speedy recovery, Dave. Unfortunately, they, they lost Dan Tain's Magic, a, a lovely five-year-old mare. So Thoughts with all the stable staff. Um, she was a much-loved part of their team, too. Uh, Nick Burney's joining us from Racing New South Wales. Nick, uh, hello <coughs> to you. Welcome back to the punters panel. And looking forward to this Eskimo Prince Stakes tomorrow. It's going to be a cracker. Yeah, it's going to be a cracker, Dave. Hello to you, Luke, Rich, and Mitch, and everyone. Um, I think it's a great meeting where we can really have a couple of bets. With There's plenty of value on the card, few at double figures. So hopefully we can find a few winners. And I think if you can find two or three, you'll have a good day. I'm echoing the thoughts of Luke there. I think the eight-metre rail, I'm probably going to lean towards a lot of runners up on the pace and near that inside. To That's probably my thinking, but always adjust on the day. All right. Uh, and uh, Mitch Cohen from Racenet and News Limited. Uh, Mitch, how are you this morning, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Hello, boys. Hello, everyone. Yeah, it uh, looks like a, a pretty good meeting. It always is at this time of year over the next couple of months. We've always got a couple of nice features, but these three-year-old features are always particularly exciting to get into because we get those those promising cults, the next big thing to, to really step out. So, uh, look, I'm sure we'll see a couple of nice ones to step out on Saturday. All right, let's get into it then. Now, the Eskimo print stakes is where we're going to start. We're also going to take your calls as well on 1350 In fact, we might even take our first caller. I see Sean is on the line before we get into uh, the races. We'll start with a, a listener question. G'day, Sean. Morning, guys. How are you? Very good, mate. What is your question? You can you can start, mate. Where do you want to start? The Eskimo print, why not? Yeah. Perfect. What's your mate, qu- question in relation to the Eskimo Prince Stakes? Mate, uh, Wolverine. I know Chris has pointed over from New Zealand. He had a few races in Australia since then. He went okay, like in a Group 1 and Group 2. 
I think he can win the borough first up. Why not? Well, he's it's not. Scratched. He's, he's scratched. He's not in. So I you'll have to wait, no, wait another day. But uh, I think that uh, he would have been competitive. But um, we might. We'll go a general she's, she's overview. Going to the, Dave, she's going to the Light Fingers next Saturday. Okay. Um, Chris, Chris was weighing it up, where she'll um, obviously take on her own sex. Uh, well, that was the plan anyway between this race, and obviously she she wasn't weighted perfectly in this race against against the boys with a couple of stakes wins over in New Zealand. So uh, yeah. Chris said to me earlier in, earlier in the week that uh, he might wait another week. Okay, I like it. Uh, how did you see the Eskimo Prince then, Luke? Um, obviously, after cabin, he's nice and short in the market, isn't he? Yeah, he is, Dave. Um, look, he's a top horse, I think. I think he's A grade. Um, he's had the bleeding issue at track work. He was robbed of a berth in the, the Caulfield Guineas. What will happen here is all the speed's drawn wide. Zoo Tiger will bounce and cross. He'll find the rail. Toronomica will follow him over. And J-Mac just parks behind them. Um, he gets the beautiful sit. Uh, he's only had one trial. Zoo Tiger's had two trials trying to think about how the race will be run. I think what will happen is Mark Wandon Zoo Tiger, he likes to stack them up. Um, he's done it with great success and won a lot of big races over here. I think that plays away from Zoo Tiger's strengths. I think he's a high-speed roll, high mm. rolling type of horse. I think his best way to beat Af Cabin would be to run hard in front, knowing he's had two trials and Af Cabin's only run had one, and try and just get him off the bid and, and run them into the ground. But... I don't think that'll happen. I think Af Cabin will park behind them. J-Mac will pop three wide from the 550. He'll roll into it. And I just think he's got the superior turn of foot. And I think he'll get the job done. Um, I'll most likely back him on Saturday. I think he's the real deal. What do you say, Calendar? Well, I, I agree in some part. I, I, I got, not, uh, all trainers now are not just trainers. They, they have form people. They do the form themselves. They understand. The first 200 is going to be fascinating. There's no doubt that Zoo Tigers uh, got the tactical speed and got all those drawn to its inside covered. Does Tommy Markwin just know where James is and keeps him off? Does that make James have to work? Because you think Toronomica Tora and also even Capital Queen will probably roll forward from that awkward gate. And then if Zoo Tiger just sits there and then stays one off, does James have to go back on our cabin? I think our cabin's the one to beat, no doubt. But I think Zoo Tiger's a pretty handy horse and probably better suited to 1,200 metres, and if they want to get into a little battle, Ossipenko might just blow them all the way, who's a quality animal. I'm really undecided at this stage. I'm, I, I don't think there's much between that cabin and Zoo Tiger, and the way the prices are, um, I'd probably go Zoo Tiger, but I don't think there's much in it. Have an opinion. There's, there's nine other races, Luke, that I can tell you. Well, <laughs> <back to> Tiger. <laughs> splinters, splinters. <laughs> all right. Uh, we go to we'll go to Nick now next. Nick Burney. Yeah, I think um, I think Half Cabin will be pretty forward because it's a bleeder and they're not going to want to risk him first up. So I think he'll be pretty wound up for this. Obviously not at his top, but fit enough to run a big race first up. But just purely for me, for the simple fact of price and race setup, I did lean towards Zoo Tiger. I just really liked his win last preparation first up, where he just ran really slick time there. He did fail in the run to the Rose, but did SP the $3.20 favourite. And then he went to the Golden Rose and ran a really solid third there behind Jackano and In Secret, who are the top, top class. So I think he just has that slight tactical versatility over aft cabin. And I am also with Rich. I think Ossipenko smoking the pipe will probably have the last shot at them. But purely on a price perspective, I'm going to put Zoo Tiger on top in front of Ossipenko and then obviously aft cabin. But I just can't take the evens aft cabin. Yeah, I'm the same. I can't take even half cabin either. I think Zoo Tiger's the one. I think looking at the race, I, I sort of steered away from the two that I think will go towards that, probably be fighting out the Randwick Guineas in half cabin and, and also Panko. Um, Zoo Tiger, is he a sprinter? Is he a miler? I think um, speaking to John O'Shea during the week, he said, well, the Hobart Bill sort of decide where he goes with him, whether it's a Canterbury Stakes, a Newmarket or a Randwick Guineas. His first up form is, is good. His only defeat obviously come against Zugotchu, and we know what Zugotchu did, but that was um, on his first start, mind you. He was pretty good last time first up, and I think, yeah, you know what you're going to get from him. He's going to go forward, settle on the lead, hopefully control things, and, and just be tough to run down for a horse that'll be probably running home, but it's whether he gets there in time. Is this, can I ask one question? Yes. Uh, we're still doing that, that, that later day, the top four? We're still doing that later yeah. at the end of the... Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Right. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that in the top well, four. This is, 
this would be kind of Marlowe style of races and an even money chance in the field of eight that you take the top four. This, like would be, this, would be, this would be Captain Courageous Marlowe's pick, wouldn't it? See how he had something because he had two minutes to think about what he was going to say to stitch me up. <laughs> you Good on you, Rich. Hey, here's a question for you all, just from this race. And look, there's probably going to be better quality um, three-year-old races throughout the carnival. But just from this group of horses here, which one are you uh, wanting to, to put in your team? I want you to pick a horse just that you're keen to follow in your team through the carnival. You know, that doesn't mean you have to back at every start, but if you could take one home, who would you take home, Luke? Well, I've got a share in F cabin anyway. So, um, yeah, I think he's, he's probably the one to hitch the, the wagon to, Dave. I think he's... Um... I think he's going to do good things this preparation, but I do. I hate to say this, but I do agree with Calendar that Osipenko is is a proper horse, and when he gets to a mile, uh, yeah, he's going to be. Well, exciting. I need to pick one splinters. Yep, pick I'll one. go. I'll go F Cabin. <laughs> yeah, fair, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. Right. Uh, Richie, if you're taking one one horse home for your stable, which horse out of this group of uh, runners? No, you're just cutting out there. I couldn't quite hear you. Go to the next person. <laughs> <laughs> is it Osipenko? <laughs> I think all three are very good, baby. Yes, oh, geez, very, very good. He's, he's, he's sat on the no, fence he's again. Be, I know why he's got to be. I know. Nick, uh, come on, Nick. You'll say, you'll Osip, pick one. Osipenko for me. Osipenko. And Mitch? Yeah, yeah Osipenko for me towards both those sort of guineas, Randwick guineas, maybe a Rosehill guineas as yeah. well. Yeah. What about Sajan? Zoo Tiger. Zoo Tiger. Zoo Tiger for Richie. Uh, what about, what about uh, Sajardin, boys? I mean, obviously... Uh, no knock on, on Gary Portelli, but if, if Sajardin was trained maybe by a, a different stable or a bigger stable, would he be sure of the market? Is it some disrespect there for Sajardin? Because he's matched it with the best. Jeez, his trial was good too, Luke. Mm, it was, Dave. I think if you're comparing him to Afkaban, Osipenko, Zoo Tiger, I think they're A-grade from last season, and Sajardin's probably a B. Yeah, but what makes you say that? Because he was racing in the A-grade right there. I mean, he's not even beaten three by Jackano. Mm. Oh, look, I just think he's... You, you tie that form in uh, around in secret, which won the Coolmore, where he finished 10th and beaten 4.2 lengths. You can tie that form into Zoo Tiger within secret because they met in the Golden Rose and Zoo Tiger finished alongside her. So Jarden's sort of four lengths behind that form. So if you line them up that way, I, I think that he, he's just a few lengths behind the likes of Zoo Tiger, Afkaban. At this stage, he could make that quantum leap as a, a, an autumn three-year-old now. But at this stage, I've got to say that he, he's a little bit off the pace. First, let me say, I think you've been um, a bit silly there, Dave. I don't think that makes any part of it. Gary Portelli's, no. by all the punters and all... No, yeah. no, 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 no. Listen, don't yeah, jump yeah. off now. You were just putting the boot in. Uh, you were just putting the boot in Portelli. I can just see him firing up there at Warwick No, Park. I wasn't. I was actually... The boy from Orange. Um, I was giving him a wrap. It's got 59 kilos, soft draw, and there's probably going to be those moving out wide, and it's probably going to be buried three back the fence. And he's a nice horse, but with a 59, I think it's going to be hard for him. No, I wasn't putting the boot in at all. Oh, yes, you were. No, I wasn't. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, is that G Portelli, you ever look at his average win prices, they go around at good odds if he was uh, one of these other stables that seem to have their prices a bit shorter, maybe it might be shorter in the market. That's what I'm saying. I'm actually saying I want to back Sajardin. And maybe it shouldn't be $10. I know there's that issue with the map and where he lands and, and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I think that, you know, and then even Luke sort of said, oh, he's, you know, maybe got B-grade form. Like, well, how's he got B-grade form? He's racing the best of the best. He beat oh, the Victorians. Yeah. Mm. Well, how good was that? Take it back to the Valley, please. I said that to Gary the other day, $8. But, but no, 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 that wasn't me putting the boot in. That was me saying, I'll I don't, take think, your point. I don't think he's respected point. enough. I know what you're Dave, saying. Dave, I think but... he's a nice horse, but they want to, you've got to see him do it. Based on what he did last preparation, he, he was... God, I hope he wins now. Oh, <laughs> I'll be straight on the text. Um, all right, let's go to the first race, boys. There's a text on the text line here. In fact, we've got a Wayne on the line. We'll go to Wayne before we get to the Lonro. He wants to talk about Kettle Hill. G'day, Wayne. G'day, boys. How are you? Good, mate. Where's... Where's Soxy Calendar? He's here. Soxy there. Hello. Hello, Sox. One of my Hello, mate. How are you? One of my sporting idols. <laughs> what do you think about Kettle Hill tomorrow, uh, Richie? I reckon he should be pulling the milk cart up George Street. He's no good to... 
He's the one to beat. He gets barrier one. He's had the three runs back from 12, 14, 15 months off the scene, or whatever it was, what, longer than that, uh, about 16 months off the scene. I think barrier one means he just sits fourth or fifth defence, uh, and uh, he's one of my better bets. I think he'll be hard to beat tomorrow. Yeah, I think Wayne's being a bit harsh that he should be pulling the cart. I think he'll be. Uh, I think he'll be Wayne's bringing a bit home. Wayne, you cheat there, Luke. I get it. I get it. But I think. I don't think you did. I think he'll be bringing the punters panel multi home this week because if anyone <laughs> listens to the program regularly in Sky Sports Radio, they know that that other mob at behind the gates, they've had him in his last two starts and he's run fifth and missed the top four. So they're all jumping off. Well, I want to climb on because I just think he's beautifully set up now, fourth up. He was back in distance last start. Now he goes out to 1,800 metres. Oh, gee, I think he's a very, very good bet on the weekend. I'll be uh, I'll be having a decent wager on Kettle Hill, providing um, everything's okay with the track, and I've got no reason to think it won't be. I just think fourth up now, it's go time. Yeah, I think um, barrier one, James McDonald, especially from that 1,800 metre start at Rear a big tick. Um, 14 to 1800 from that stable I don't think there's any negative there so don't be afraid of that but out of that race I actually thought Wineglass Bay and Mont Felicity were the two I'm going to play I thought they were good bets at odds I think Wineglass Bay on the back up up in distance ready to peak third up back to a dry track rare week and Mont Felicity was just a horror show last start and gets barrier three so they're the two I'm going to play it but no knock on Kettle Hill yeah, I thought the race was a bit of a dog's focus, to be honest. I did like Montalicity today at, uh, on McKenzo, but uh, David Payne's obviously scratched here. So I'll be interested to see how he goes, obviously keeping me over the 1800. So I'm with nothing sweet about me here. Um, I think it's it's set up for a race for a horse at double-figure odds. She, she, last time she won was at this second distance with Tim Clark on board. He's back on deck. He's going to go straight to the front, I think hopefully dictate and prove hard to run down like he was the other day. All right, let's go to the first thing. So you call, mate. Uh, the first race at uh, Ramwick tomorrow, it is uh, the Lonrow. How did you see it with these two-year-olds, Luke? Dave enjoyed picking it apart. Uh, the favourite is Sicilian. She was lame on debut when she ran in that gym crack. She actually hit the front and looked like she was going to race away. So I'm not sure if she had a bit of shin soreness or something that she felt over the last 200 metres because she did capitulate late in that race, but she had the excuse. The trials have been nice, and I think she's got a good chance. I just want to swing towards the unraced filly. I know it's hard to beat these uh, two-year-olds that have raced already when you, you haven't been to the races, but J-Mac rode Sicilian on debut, and now he goes on to Madeira Sunrise. I'm not sure if I'm reading too much into that because we know Clark rides for Waterhouse Bot. He's their main jock anyway, but... I've liked the trials of this I Am Invincible filly. Uh, she's very well-bred. She finished behind Sicilian in both of them. I know that. But I think she had more under the bonnet and wasn't fully tested. So with those two trials under the belt, I think that can bring her on. And I think she can worry Sicilian here. So uh, I'll go her way. Uh, there's one for the future too here, guys. Number seven, uh, Porta Rosa. Wouldn't be surprised if she, uh, when she gets over a bit more ground can make the grade because uh, she was very strong late in that last trial. But in the long row for me, Rich, Madeira Sunrise. Yeah. Is James really riding 54 tomorrow or is he riding, is he getting, uh, Mitch, you'd know that. Is he getting a, a half or a kilo over 54? Seems light for James. Geez, you've thrown it there for me. I, I don't know off the top of my head, mate. Um, I would say no, but um, look, he's preparing for the carnival. He's got a lot of rides in front of him. They've got yeah. 55 as his probable weight on racing New South Wales, yeah, but sometimes so. if he if he sweats well, they'll make the announcement on the day that he doesn't require the extra kilo or he only requires a half. So I think the stewards will probably advise us on the day there, Rich. Yeah, that's another thing that that's a, that's a topic for another day we're discussing next week. But um, yeah, if, if they're going to allow a kilo and then they change just before jump to oh, you only needed half. I don't. I, I get concerned with that. If he's going to ride it at 55, um, if he's going to be a half lighter, put a half kilo, let him. And uh, should carry what everyone thinks. But anyway, I think Sicilian, I think Barrier 1, she bounces, she's there. I think if there's a danger, uh, it's uh, the thing of uh, Michael Friedman's Mexico. A little bit of a tricky gate. Loved its trials this time back in. And 
uh, look, forget about the run in the Golden Gear. You just put a line through that. Nothing went right. I thought the effort was really good. So on with Sicilian, I think Mexico is the danger. Uh, I'll leave Madeira Sunrise, which is a stable mate, of course, to Mexico. I'll leave that to Luke. Yeah, it's not usually my go, the unraced horse in the two-year-old, but I'm going to lean towards Madeira Sunrise as well. It just looks a nice type, and for mine, through the, it comes through the two same heats as Sicilian, and I thought Madeira Sunrise tried a little bit better. As you see, gets McDonald on, it's going to be third defence, and Michael Freeman's a fantastic trainer of these two-year-olds. So I think just stalking the favourite where Sicilian might kick and hopefully outside leader drops off and Madeira Sunrise can just come off the fence there and have the last crack at it. But I think Sicilian, you have to take that SP profile where it did start $4.80 into the gym crack. But if I had to lean towards one in the first, I will go with Madeira Sunrise. Yeah, I think Michael Friedman's got this race sort of between these two was the way I saw it, tossing it up. Obviously, Sicilian's certainly a chance. But um, just on these two, I thought Madeira Sunrise, I agree, I thought, um, she trialled better than Sicilian in those trials, but I have let the way of the stable mate Mexico. He's trialled really well as well. You sort of take nothing away from him on, on what he's done on the trial track. I thought the couple of runs under his belt, he obviously was pretty good down at the valley, just missing on debut, where he just sort of seemed to get a little bit lost in that golden gift run, but he wasn't far away. Uh, look, I think he'll derive plenty of benefit from that experience. His trial, he looks to have come back in pretty good order and Look, I think he's a decent bet around that 440 mark. Let's go to race three, the midway, guys. Healthy Beauty, there's a text on the text line saying, hey, guys, love this mare. Back to last start at Canberra. Can I continue to bet up? This is the midway race three we're talking about. Luke? Yeah, I think you could certainly have something on her, on her if you like Healthy Beauty on Saturday because she's going super. Um, I just had a couple of queries. The first one being she's second up off the really long spell. Um, sometimes they can have the flat run second up. She was 306 days into that Canberra race, and she's only got country and provincial form at this stage. So this is a bit of a, a leap. She's got a negative map as well, so she'll need a touch of luck. Can she win the race? Yes, I, I think she can, but um, I just went with the tried and true midway horse, uh, and that's Dr. Evil. Uh, I know he's got a lump 60, but there's a bit of pace in this race. Uh, a few want to go forward. Uh, too Big Fari, if he runs. Byron, Calla, Carolina Fire, Ladies Gem, Love the Invasion. It's a dual acceptor as well, but if it runs here, it adds more pressure. So I think they'll run along a bit, and that'll suit him, just parking behind them, and he'll run on well. But um, to answer the question, I think, yes, if you like Healthy Beauty, I wouldn't talk you out of her. Uh, what am I tipping? With low confidence, number two, Dr. Evil. Well, I'm having a peanut here at big odds. Um, number nine, oh, golly gosh, from the Hawkesbury stables of Jason and Lucy, uh, Lucy Keegan had out there. I thought it was a good run in that race where, you know, Pramos won and Sagan. I just reckon now coming back into the, the midway uh, the midway type of things, she holds a spot. She probably sits on the back of... Look, there looks a bit of speed. She holds the leaders back. And, um, obviously, the miles, that little query, but I just think the soft run she gets, I think she's huge odds. Uh, at 13 or $14, and I think Carolina Fire Barrier 1 is the other one I'll speak at the odds. Um, Favourite hard to beat, but, gee, I think it's short enough off the win at Canberra. Uh, and as you said, Marlowe, she's, you know, she's only got that form, and it's such a lot, uh, what, 10 months off the scene. Just that little bit of flat now going 13 to the mile. Uh, landed on number four, Go Choppo here. I thought there was a bit of value in its price. He went to move to the David Pfeiffer stable three starts ago where that was just a complete forgive run behind Gundy Bridge, which just went enormous that day. Two back, he was in a solid time race, which has since produced two subsequent winners. And then last start, he really loomed into it, but he was just bumped heavily that day and he became unbalanced and just might have knocked the wind out of him. But So I'm just going to go on his profile. I think he is going a lot better than the form guide reads, gets a significant barrier change, drops in grade, the 1,600 metre suits and... He's definitely got multiple figures to win this race. So around that $9, I'm happy to have something on him go Troppo. And on the favourite, agree, consistent type, one well first up, great record, but I just couldn't get it that short. I'm with her, I'm with her and with our caller. I think um, I think she's a good bet, to be honest. I don't think there's, there's it's a highway race in this, I suppose, or sorry, a midway race, and there's no real stars in this, but she's a mare that's, I guess, progressive, only sort of lightly raced, albeit 
um, a, a few setbacks during her career, but I've got sort of I saw enough first up. I know it was off a long break, but she she had a pretty long break before that um, of, of nearly sort of six months before she came back last preparation and won over thirteen hundred metres, and then went to sixteen hundred metres and, and won easily. So um, off that, I've got no issues with the jumping from thirteen to sixteen hundred here in a race that's not like blessed with a lot of depth, really. I mean, all the boys are making cases for, for horses at odds and, and things like that, just trying to find a way to get a beat. I think um, she's the best horse in the race and she'll win. Let's go to race six, guys. This is the mile. And Banju is a 2.20 favourite here, Luke. He's short, but, gee, um, he holds all the aces, doesn't he, Banju? Um, he's map positive. He drops to 51, uh, I think Reese will ride him at, even though he claims one and a half. I think 51's his minimum. And he's just flying. He was wide in, in places last start. He did eventually get cover, but gee, he was tough there winning that race with uh, 59 and a half on his back. So I think with a lack of speed here, racing against uh, a bunch of stayers mainly, he holds all the aces. Is he is he any value at 220? I'd say no. Um, but I'll, I'll wait and see if he gets back out. We've got to discuss this Sulcum because he's currently favourite for the Melbourne Cup. But, guys, I don't think this is just a grinding stayer. Um, I think he, he's got something pretty special. He actually, at the end of 2,600 metres, sprinted away and ran the third best last 200 of the meeting uh, back when we when he won that Queen Elizabeth uh, Stakes. So he is a very good horse. Is he going to be ready? 1,600 first up. Uh, I'm not too sure he will be. I'd say he'll probably keep blowing in the market, but if he happened to remain rock solid, you'd be pretty scared to, to charge into Banjo aggressively because he's a nice horse. But I think Banjo will get the job done here, to put it simply. Um, he's just fit, he's up and going, he's perfectly suited, and he drops in weight. So it's hard to see him getting rolled, Rich, unless Sulcombe's one right out of the box. Yeah, look, I think you make a lot of sense, which is unusual for me to say, Luke. Um... I agree with you that was impressive winning the Queen Elizabeth Stakes. It was 26, took a while, he wound up, he hit the line. He could be one out of the box. He's only going to have three runs this this autumn, looking towards the spring. That's where the aim is. 1600s, Y Wallers resuming there. I think if they go too fast, it won't suit him. If they go too slow, it won't suit him. I think he's the query in the race, but I wouldn't be surprised if Banju starts somewhere around the five to four on mark. It just looks... You know, you throw him in a bag and you get the choice which one do you want to take home. Obviously, you're going to take Sulcum because you're looking down the track. We're betting tomorrow and tomorrow solely. I think Banjo at Black Figures is good odds. Yeah, I think unless you've got the $4 Banjo, it's just waiting for the information around this market till till the death, really, of betting. There's so much to come around this Sulcum. But for a top selection, I've landed on Banju. I think just all the points the boys have made, he's just coming off two really good wins. Drops has no weight, will roll forward, rock hard fit, just maps to completely control this race. And I think he'll take some catching. He's, he's going really well. The last two figures have rated to win this race tomorrow. On Sulcombe, I couldn't agree more with what Luke said, just off a slow tempo, what he did in the Group 3 Queens Cup and the splits he ran. And you have to take that into notice that he is the favourite in the Melbourne Cup. So he's a massive market watch. If they come for him, I think it'll be lookout. But I'm going to put Banjo on top at this stage. Yeah, not much to add for me. I, I agree with all the boys there. I think um, Banjo, the horse to beat, Sulcum, probably the best horse in the race. And always you want to follow going forward over the coming 12 months at least. Um, but yeah, first up over the mile after sort of being explosive over a lot further than he's run last spring. Um, look, it's hard to sort of lean into him at 290, but it's hard to lean into uh, Banju at $2.15. I'll play the role of Munn for, for a little bit. I know Munn is probably still on holidays, but um, reading the Tab Media release yesterday, uh, the amount of money for Banju was just crazy, the amount of bets coming in um, that we received from sort of $4 into $2.20, um, and the money just kept coming. Uh, bets of like $1,500, $1,000, um, so plenty of people keen on Banjo on Saturday. Was he four twenty, Mitch? Banjo. Four four dollars, sorry, four dollars. I just Gee. can't read. I read the four dollars into two twenty, um, and and that sort of uh, if you if you if you see the line of bets, it, it goes for about five lines. Mm. Gee, I tell yeah. you, what, if you if you got four dollars, you're absolutely cooking with gas. Um, you won't yeah. be losing on the race, that's for sure. Yeah, um, famous last words. 
Hey, Dave, sorry. One more yep. thing. I just wanted to make the point too, guys. Uh, Sulcombe, under 2,000 metres, or 2,000 or below, he's had three runs. Here's his beaten margins. 15.8, yeah. 11.3, 12.3. I know that's a, an age ago, uh, and now Waller trains him in... He could be a different horse in a new stable, but in three runs below 2,000, he's been completely gapped three times. Yeah, but that's the way they were training him over there. Oh, look, love, I love you, Lou, but that, that stat's irrelevant. Yeah, I just made the point. It is there in his form. And of course, that's how they... Okay. <laughs> Love it, Go on. boys. Uh, I love it. I love it because it's like sitting around at the table, you know, doing the form with your oldies, and you know, and, and dad and granddad. I love it because you know, it's well, just. I'm, it's a... I'm feeling frustrated because I hate agreeing with Calendar. I've been doing it too much on the program this morning. I just want to unleash on him. Well, but, what are you? What about the? What about the highway? Okay, the highway. These are always. Uh, oh well, disagree oh, here. This, this is, is always. They're always hard. Look, su- Super Extreme is your favourite. Any money? Any well, not money, but any thoughts on? Danny Williams' horse here, uh, horse number eight. Gee, you tried well. Um, it was dead set jogging. You're talking about pre-emptory day. Yes. Um, he was very unlucky too at his most recent run, and that was in a, a, a Saturday Metropolitan race. Um, so, look, I think he's he's there. Danny just backed off his horses for a few weeks, and he's had a few runners since, and they just haven't been ready to go. They've been sort of, well, they've underperformed market expectation, uh, basically. So... Will he be in the same boat? The trial says he's going to run really, really well. But I just sort of looked at the price and I saw $9 and I just didn't get too excited. If he was 20s or something, I'd definitely have he a was, He opened at 20s, Luke, 21 in the 90s. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, so a few people have, uh, you're right, uh, he has been snapped up there. So, yeah, I can understand that. I actually have had a bet here, uh, a very small peanut each way on a 50s chance, number seven power bank. He's still relatively lightly raced this horse. I like the jockey change. I love the trial at Bathurst. He just gapped Jailbreak, who's not a bad country sprinter. I know he wasn't fully tested, but I, I see a bit of pace here, and I think he'll be strong at the end of 1,200 metres. I think he's worth a carrot each way at big odds. Um, uh, that's number seven, Power Bank. But another open highway, and I'd say as far as highways go, a, a decent quality one, Rich. Frightening, Luke, that I, I don't think that comments about power bank silly at all. I, he's, mm. His trial before he resumed was super behind Watson, who then was able to, to run well. Mini Water didn't have a lot of luck, and it was terrific on debut. Then it was beaten less than a length behind Watson in the car. And that trial, as you said, um, uh, was super leaving jailbreak. So, look, at huge odds. I've had a little peanut on Shapito Beauty, uh, Daryl Burnett's stable down at Wagga. Chad's going for a little month between runs. Love the win. Big margin. Second to third Third up this time in, soft draw. I've just had a very small peanut just for the kids to eat on number 14, Sapito Beauty. Yeah, I'll take your point with preemptory. I think the money for it was, if you look at its run before it spelled, it, it was outstanding in a stronger grade, pace and bias against, and was held up for most of the straight and ran really well there. But I've landed on the 14 as well, Sapito Beauty. Just think it gets a few things in its favour tomorrow. Lightly raced improver with a strong record. And it just the big tick goes to the senior rider in Chad Schofield from a soft draw. And it's just a horse with a sharp turn of foot where a lot of these can be one pace. But I do have it as a slight query, the 30 days between runs, strong 1,200. But at the 750, I think I'm happy to find out there. But, yeah, I think that's the way I'm going to leave. Sapito Beauty in the highway. Yeah, it's certainly... Um one that I gave plenty of consideration to. I think uh, the two that I would be keen to back have already been spoken about in Preemptory and, and Sapito Beauty. I was speaking to Daryl Burnett um, just before that run at Wagga. Um, and look, he was sort of contemplating, do we go to a highway, but why not stick to the home track and, and, and get a kill down there? It's obviously a horse that's got a lot of talent winning three and four now and on a path towards that sort of country championships heat. So it's just a matter of, of getting her there. She should get in off of three wins and a, and a nice sort of progressive filly um, sort of coming into town for the first time. But I like preemptory here. I could, I could back both. But, um, look, I thought I didn't get the 21, so I find it hard to, to dive in at the nines. I think hopefully we can get double figures on race day. I thought the, the run the other day in, in sort of regular Saturday grade, not in sort of one of these country races, was good. Didn't have a lot of luck, a bit of traffic in the straight, and the trial since was 
decent enough to keep him up to the mark for Saturday. Okay, now the punters panel multi not too far away. I'll get a message from uh, Dicko to let me know when it is open. Uh, boys, the lucky last over the twelve hundred. There's a text on the text line. Hey guys, do you think Diamond Dealer can make it three in a row, Luke? Goes up a little bit in weight, but yeah, I do. I, th- I think it can win. It can win, but so can half a dozen, maybe a dozen others. Um, this is a very, very difficult end to the program. Um, Stromboli for me. I just think he did too much work last start, and now barrier one, he can be covered up, uh, parking behind them, and I think he'll have more there at the end. He'll be a lot fitter. Abdullah goes on. Um, but I doubt I'll be playing at this stage. Uh, but he does appeal at the price as far as a tipping proposition, Stromboli for me. But uh, I need help in a lot of ways, Rich. I particularly need help here in this race. Very tough. Uh, look, big field, sometimes you, you, you look too hard and you think, oh, geez, it's shorters. I'm going to back Sacramony. Um, I think it's an ideal race for it. Stays at the 1,200, a little three-week freshen up. There's enough speed. I think Diamond Deal, if it gets across, yeah, you've got the Sonic... Even poke a jackal holding spot. Liberty Sun munitions. It looks an up tempo. Sacramony, I can see shooting six, seventh, eight, somewhere around that mark, and he might just take a bit of a bit of holding out. Sacramony, I've got him on top. I think he's the, the horse to beat in the last. But I don't think he's got one way traffic. I certainly think Diamond Dealer, Poker Jack, and Lindemann are certainly hopes. Yeah, just on Diamond Dealer, I think it's definitely career best form, rolls forward and will give a sight. So I think if you like it, um, definitely step in again. But I landed on, in a very tricky race, the, the 13, Lindemann. I uh, just resumes, and it was really honest last preparation. He was solid in first up last campaign in a really strong race. Then I thought he was really brave in defeat on a dry track, which I do think suits him best. So that's a tick for tomorrow. And he was just luckless when starting respectable prices and listed races. So coming back, trod well, Nash on. And I just think you'll really appreciate the genuine tempo. So in the last, a very tricky tricky race, uh, Lindemann as an each-way bet. Yeah, yucky, this race. Um, look, it's, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't hold it against anyone that made this a field job in the quarter and tried to snag a result, that's for sure. Um, somehow I've landed on Sacramony. Uh, I think, look, He's racing consistently, this preparation. Never been far away in all four runs, obviously. Was finished a length and a half from the winner at Rose Hill last start. Gets J-Mac this time for the first time, this preparation. Should settle somewhere close by, let's hope, midfield and, and win. I think if you're the horse to follow out of the race, it's probably Lindemann. Um, still being a three-year-old Colton and running well in listed grade last preparation, I'm sure Chris has got some nice plans for him going forward. It's just where the first start on Saturday over the 1,200 metres is, is his day. Now, boys, uh, the punters panel multi, I'm just waiting to hear from Dicko to see if it is open. Uh, what we'll do is we'll go through your selections, each individually, for what's running top four. Luke, what are you having top four this week? Morning, behind the gates, multi-players. Morning, morning. <laughs> Guess what? Guess what? The old nemesis, he's going in. This is his chance. Kettle Hill for me, guys. Uh, I know he's let the boys down. His last two starts running fifth when they needed him to run fourth. But he's, he just hasn't had anything go his way. He was cast wide last start, went back in distance, and he was 2-1 paced. And the run before that, he was back and second up off a long break, raced flat. He pulled up with poor post-race recovery too, I think, from memory. So fourth up, 1,800 metres. The stable um, is batting at 18% at the Sydney Metropolitan Tracks, the Mar Eustace team. So... Um, uh, there was a time when you'd look at Melbourne horses in Sydney and just forget about them, but these guys um, have the base up here and they do a brilliant job. Um, I want to go right back to his first up run at Sandown. It's one of the best runs ever. He should have dead set one. Um, he was so unlucky, and he hasn't had much go his way since. So I think Saturday is his day. I'll be backing him. He's in the multi for us. I think he can bring us home in race nine, Kettle Hill. Richard? Well, I thought of- I thought it'd be at cabin for sure, you know. <laughs> uh, I thought it'd be at cabin. He was for my sure. backup. He was my backup. Hey, now listen. I've just seen the text of what the other boys are going to tip. Uh, Luke, I won't be bagging you. I'll keep that for someone else after me. Um, race five. I'm going to put uh, and again in for the Joe Pride Stable double figures. That's that's where I go. Go look for value. And I don't like the big note because I could be wrong this time, Luke. But I've only been on the punters panel seven times, yet to uh, let the team down. I think, and again, drops to 54. I think it's a race without a lot of depth. 
uh, hopefully she just sits midfield, field of 10. She'll run yep. top four. And again. You're a fibber. It's not double figures. 950, sir. 950. Sorry, I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm going to stick with uh, race two, number one, Banana Queen. Uh, absolutely flying this prep, three from three. Yes, I do concede she had all favours last start, but I just really liked how she did it to the eye and backed it up on the clock, accelerated one of the fastest 400 to 200 in the meeting. And I just really liked how she really maintained that strong finishing speed to the line, especially her last few bounds relative to the field. She's a mare in form and an upwards rating spot this prep and just has the similar setup to last start. Same track and distance, positive map. And if she replicates that same figure, I think she'll be right in the finish. And I think um, there might be a few runners uh, coming oh, out. Nick, Nick, uh, don't try and preempt other people, Nick. You've got <laughs> Banana Queen. Let's go through them. Number three, Ella Tama. She's running today. She'll come out. Number six, Yoshino. It's running today. It'll come out. Oh, Nick. Oh, Hang on. He hasn't put man. the price up yet. Shut up. Shut up, Calendar. Yeah. Mate, the boys, yeah. the boys in the trading room have got 4,000 yards on that. That's why they're on the big buck. But Nick Murray, <laughs> mate, he, he's, not from the, he's not from the Wallaces from the highlands of Scotland, the Bravehearts. He's not from there. That's one out of your playbook it? calendar. No half the field's going to drop off. I did that one day with water from member. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, Mitch, what's your selection? Uh, healthy beauty for me. That's race three, number seven. Look, I think she's a nice progressive mare and it finds a pretty winnable midway race. Albeit, I think, yeah, if she's a, she can sort of back up what she did at last start. All right, I like it. So, uh, just waiting for that to be open. I think they're having some issues over there. Uh, this could be big odds here, Stanley. This morning. Uh, Should be. Well, I'm, I'm hearing from Dicko it'll be $8. Eight dollars, uh, eight dollars. So, and I wish I could read out the text message of what to do. Dicko's obviously at home today. Oh, Muns will be Muns will be flat on that. So he's got some internet issues, but he's going to try and uh, get this open in the next three minutes. So we will have that punters paddle multi open within the next three minutes. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to get your best bets overall for the meeting, and then we will recap the punters paddle multi again. Luke, your best bets on the card. I'll give you two, Dave. Um, Kettle Hill, race nine. I'm, I'm pretty keen. He is number, I'll just give the number for our yeah. listeners, number four, Kettle Hill, race nine, number four. And in race six, number six, Banju. Um, it almost looks too good to be true, but just can't see how he gets beat. What about you, Rich? <laughs> um, I think Amagen's the best each way better of the day at 9.50. Now we're going to say double figures. But the best bet just crash thing for an all-up, race six, Number uh, six, Banjo, and uh, I've priced this all short in race nine called Kittle Hill. Oh, God, now I'm sick. I'm sick. Banana Queen for me, boys. Race two, number one. Only has to repeat its last up figure to win. And one out wide, I'm going to go Walker today. Race four, number two, 88 stars. That'll be my two best of the weekend. You're tipping at Walker. Why? It's Walker Cup Day. What was, what was it at Walker? Eight. Sorry, uh, Nick, what was it at Walker? Race four, number two, 88 stars. It's 440. One of the best, Nick, one of our great horsemen uh, in the training ranks. has been a, a, so a great trainer from Jimmy Martin and Craig there from Walker. Oh, oh, I, I thought you were going to wrap Sue Grills, who trains 88 stars, Richie. Oh, That's no, Sue thought. trains at 10. I don't have to wrap Sue. Sue's a superstar. We all know Sue. And I'll tell you what, her stable has been on Fire lately too, Sue Grills. Yeah, very calendar. Yes. What price have you got, Kettle Hill? Two dollars sixty. Oh, he's <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. up and about, Dave. How good? I like it. Two point six. Uh, Mitch, what was your best? And have you got anything for us at Walker? Mate, I've just scrolled through to check what I found at Walker today in today's Daily Telegraph, and my best bet is race four, number two, eighty-eight stars. Jeez, oh, oh, carrying oh, some weight, please. please. <laughs> Did you get Nick well, you set and put that through? Did you? <laughs> <laughs> no, for all the reasons I outlined uh, earlier, I won't go through it again. Race three, number seven, top she wins. Okay, so that's your best. Uh, that multi will be open very, very soon for the top four. While we're waiting for that multi, uh, and I know we like to have some fun on the punters panel, but in all serious though, and, and you boys can be a part of this if you like, um, uh, especially yourself, Richie, 
but Doug Gorrell is on the phone now. Now, Doug, obviously, yesterday uh, was involved in that serious motor accident. How tough is he? Um, he's an absolute legend of the game. And I know you just had to see the way people responded on social media after the incident unfolded. Um, and we all obviously were, were hoping for the best and we got the best for, for Doug and, and Molly. But unfortunately, we did lose uh, a horse's life. Doug, welcome to Racing HQ, mate. G'day, Dave. How are you, mate? Good. I'm good. Um, more importantly, how are you, mate? Are you a bit rattled still? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a very, very... Uh... You know, upsetting day and terrible to lose Dentane's magic. She was a beautiful, beautiful five-year-old mare that um, had plenty of ability, but that's irrelevant. She, uh, she was just a, she had a bit of spunk in the stable, and the, the poor kids. Uh, my stable staff are all pretty young. Um, I'm the old granddad, and the kids are all shattered because they, yeah, uh, you know, they some caught caught a spirit because she had a fair bit of it, and and the, the rest of us caught a magic because of it race name so we've lost a really nice horse which is which is ordinary and um you know from an accident that should never bloody happen so that's it's just shattering but um um what can you do thankfully the three other guys uh, um uh, finn ginger and um gary they're all right um, the horses the uh, ginger ginge um amen brother and um sir savaluka they're they're at CSU Vet Uni uh, Clinic at Wagga. There, they do a, do an amazing job there. There, and and you wouldn't believe it. You know, they've ended up upside down in a truck in a 9500 kilometre collision, and somehow they've got away. Two of them only needed three stitches and four stitches, and the other one's got a head wound, which looks worse than it really is. The vet thinks she'll be fine. So, I just couldn't believe it. I was lying alongside the truck, thinking we had four dead ones but uh, thankfully three three will will live to see another day mm, god doug i'm sorry for your loss and i'm not sure how much you can say because i'm sure it'd be an ongoing investigation via the uh, new south wales police department but uh, what actually happened allegedly uh i was heading uh, south um um to Aubrey, and there was a lady um stationary in the northbound lane waiting to pull into her farm and unfortunately another lady is you know just obviously not concentrating or something is just rammed straight into her and and by ramming into her oh she did really late you know i could see all this unfolding bloody she could she did really late and just sort of got the um just pushed her straight into my lane and uh, yeah you wouldn't believe it um this car's been pummeled by by a horse truck, and um, the woman's walked away. Thank God, without a scratch on her. And uh, but um, but in 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 doing so, my truck's obviously lost control and ended up in the ditch alongside the um, southbound lane. So so and rolled over as a result of just having just going into a bit of a ditch. It wasn't that deep, but you know at that speed and being a top heavy vehicle, it just it's rolled over, and all the horses are trapped inside on their Upside down on their, on their. Um, thankfully, their hindquarters. I think if if we rolled the other that way, well, I think we would add four broken necks. So, um, thankfully, they rolled on their hindquarters. And as I just said a minute ago to Dave, um, three of them look like they'll be okay with a bit of R and R. Great, great to hear you talking, Doug. Richard Callender, mate. Great to hear that. Hello, Rich. Mate, great to hear you talking. I'm just so excited that you sound in good spirits, but. The one thing that I take out of it, and you know, you got to look at the positives that you know, no one's uh, been killed. We've lost a horse, but you you were mentioning about uh, Molly and your other apprentice, and now like how much they love the animal. They were, and this is where people outside industry don't understand. You told me they hadn't left the horse's side. No, that's right. Like Molly, um, thank God she was totally uninjured. She was asleep at the time of the collision, and um, and the uh, paramedics actually said at the scene that that probably saved Molly because she. Body was loose and nimble, and, and um, yeah. yeah, you could go ahead, go yeah. ahead. They're, they're just just prepping me for surgery. Um, <laughs> Has she got any mail that I had Walker that uh, <laughs> <laughs> the best man? Oh, actually, tip her into that, tip her into that thing that uh, Nick was tipping up. Um, the thing in race four, he said, yeah. no, no, she's not a putter. <laughs> and, uh, she's doing a marvelous job. But, yeah, yeah, back to but yeah, Molly, Molly was fine. She could walk out. She uh, helped me out her side, and she um, 
then spent the next two hours uh, with Brian Hibbert from the local race day vet for Racing New South Wales and all these farmers and helpers and firers and they wouldn't leave. Danny Beasley pulled up. He wouldn't leave the horses. And so they were looking after the three horses and then, and you wouldn't believe it. And they all pulled out of the her one ride at Aubrey yesterday because she was crook as a dog and she's driven for longer to um, hold another one. And then Anel and Molly both um, spent the whole afternoon at the, at the vet clinic with the horses. So, yeah, just to, yeah, to, um, um, reiterate your point, yeah, they clearly are just horse, out and horse lovers, aren't they? Yeah, they just refuse to go anywhere but be with the horses, yeah. which was a good thing. This, I wasn't much used to anyway. <laughs> and, and, and Doug, what about Molly? How's Molly, mate? Yeah, she's good. She bounced, um, not, a, not a scratch on her, and but more yeah. importantly, uh, I've I spoken to her a couple of times last night and again this morning, and I said, look, you, you can't go to the races if you're, if you're you know, shattered and upset and all that. And she said, no, I want to ride. That's, where, that's my happy spot on top of a horse, riding fast. So, so yeah, she's a tough cookie, that kid. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on, Doug. I know you're getting prepared no worries, for surgery, boys. mate. Yeah. It's good to hear your voice, yeah. as Richard said. No, it's, it's, only, it's only a broken leg. It'll heal. So um, it's it's the least of our worries. So. No, I understand. Now, Doug, Doug, when they go to give you the anaesthetic, just say, listen, I am Dougie Gora, mate. No, I'm out that. Just do the operation. I don't want to see. I don't want to see you any of that drugs in that. Oh no, mate. I'm the biggest wuss out. <laughs> Did you get on the green whistle yesterday, Doug? They didn't give oh. me the green whistle. I went straight to the hard stuff. They said we got some endo. Oh wow! Oh, oh the endo. The endo. Your idea. I should have got some for you boys. Yeah, bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, thanks so much, mate. Just as I said, great to hear your voice. Thank you so much for coming on and speaking as well. And, yeah, um, no yeah mate, we're all, we're all thinking of you and especially the stable, mate. Um, yeah. I hear stories on to, from time to time on your show about when things go shit and, um, oh, excuse my language, you go no, pear shape. Um, it's okay, mate. Don't worry about and that. And actually, in all the, in all the um, when things go pear shape, we seem to forget how great our people are. And, and that's the one good thing that's come out of it is our, our, you know, sometimes we're tired. And we're always tired and cranky, but then then you see what people do. And not just racing people, the people at the scene of the accident. Yeah. Uh, by and large, we, we bag each other. and But by and large, we're good people. So, I want, yeah, it's just, yeah, I want to thank everyone who helped. But, uh, thanks, boys, for your interest. Cheers, mate. Very Doug Gorrell there. Now, uh, we go from Doug Gorrell, and uh, we're going to go to this punters panel multi, which is now open. Unfortunately, Mitch Cohen had to go. Uh, Rupert said, mate, we need some more articles. So we've got the <laughs> punters panel. Yeah, no, he did. He sent me the message saying, I've got to get to work. So um, we thank Mitch Cohen for his time. That punters panel multi is now open as we speak. So if you're keen on getting involved with the punters panel multi, it is under the sports offers. And uh, we've got uh, all of those runners, race two, number one. Race three, number seven. Race five, number 10. And race nine, number four. All to run top four. $8 currently as we speak. A max bet of $25. Do you want to go through uh, again yours, Luke? Sure, Dave. Race nine, Kettle Hill is my leg. All right. Richard? Yeah, race five, number 10. And again, to the four, Dave. Race two, number one, Banana Queen. Race three, number seven, Healthy Beauty. Race five, number 10. And again, race nine, number four, Kettle Hill. I love it. Thank you very much, Richard. Thank you very much, Nick Burney. Thank you very much, Luke Marlow. Big thanks to Mitch Cohen and also Dougie Gold, plus our callers for getting involved with Racing HQ this morning. Have a great weekend, everybody.